I, I'm in a Discord with with a bunch of good Kano players, all no, talking about are. it, all sharing sure. a deck list, and I know a few of them had a really good deck list going into these events, and I really thought they were gonna take it down. But and this just, with Kano. this just goes to show you, no, you're not. Like, I'm just saying, Kano's like, gonna win U.S. Nationals if you like it or not. gentlemen welcome back to the reaction phase you guys know me. my name is josh i am here with the co-host with the most i got mo bogsley here mo what's going on what is up what is up youtube world and spotify and apple music and everywhere else you can listen to dude we actually have a couple hundred uh like podcast listeners not from youtube so shout out to those listeners we're doing a good job or i think we're doing a lot of focus trying to involve you know our non- uh, viewer listeners, but you're here and you're a viewer. If it's your first time, click that like, bu like button, click the subscribe button, visit Mo at youtube.com slash Mo Bogsley. And remember, this podcast is brought to you by minmaxgames.com, the best game store in the world. You can go to minmaxgamesfab.com and use promo code HTTCG to get 5% off your singles order of $50 or more. And that's never been more relevant now that all these random decks are out there, people are going to need singles. That's the best place to get it. I like that. There's so many singles that I thought I had that I just don't. And I'm like, wow, I really need that random Reinhardt card that I don't think is even good, but I need it, I guess. Like, Dude, same. I, I, I am trying to transition to only playing in foils because as a Flesh and Blood content creator that does like box over, I have my office in the last year and a half now has just become dominated with cardboard. So I'm selling all my non foils and I'm only playing with foils because that's the only way I can keep the count of cards low. Otherwise it's, it's just, it gets, Oh my gosh, it's insane. The YouTube money just hits so hard. You hear this guy only foils. He's just that rich. Like, whew. God, yeah, whew. that's it. No. And <laughs> shout out to non-sponsor of this pod, but hopefully sponsor soon. I got into a Twitter back and forth with a true classic tease. The only t-shirt I will, uh, I will ever buy again, because it fits my gigantic frame. For those who don't know me, I'm freakishly tall and I'm a large, large human. And we got back, we went back and forth on Twitter. So now I have dreams of a sponsorship. So they're not sponsoring us yet, but man, oh man, it was, it was pretty flirty. I liked it. They were flirting back and forth. It felt like a high school romance. Uh, I thought it was, thought it was adorable. Cute. I, I thought it was, it was cute. cute. I, I was waiting for the kiss, the big moment, but it never happened. <laughs> so before we get any more off the rails, we've got a lot of fab stuff to talk about this weekend. We have a couple nationals events that kicked off. So we're going to start with the breakdown of our two big nationals events in Canada and the UK. There is a bit of a debacle that we have to talk about with the UK Nats, and I have a lot to say about that. I'm going to be obnoxious in that segment. Mm -hmm. Fair warning. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a new segment we're unveiling this week called Mo Money, Mo Problems, which will be replacing our market segment where we will talk about something that's happening in flesh and blood, whether it's a buyout, whether it's uh, a new card release. In this case, it is the Marvel Emperor and its print run, and we are going to talk if that is going to be Mo Money, in the fab community and the collector and investor side, or if it's going to cause Mo problems. So we're going to break that down today, and then we will end with our closing crazy comments section. As always, Mo, I'm sure you've picked a comment, because I know I have not. I have mine. It is good to go. It's right up here on my screen, nice and large, so I can read it. All right, Can't I got to I gotta try to go first so I can snipe it. Anyway, <laughs> Mo, 
we got some nationals breakdown. Let's start in Canada, where the top eight shaped out to be two Icelander, two Reinar, two Oldham, one Dash, and one Fi, with an Oldham winner and a known Oldham winner. Shout out to Rik Patel. Mo, top eight, man. What are you thinking? Top eight. Uh, yeah, so America Light, a.k.a. Canada, has a pretty awesome top eight. Um, USA, I must say it's USA. USA, America, America. Sorry, Sorry. go go ahead. Uh, So two Icelanders. Listen, wizard representation. I love that. You know that. I think Icelanders are still really good. As the meta becomes more, not solved, but more like known, you can target these ice decks more. And the more you target Icelander, the worse she gets. The more you put those blues in your aggro decks, the more you try to target Icelander, the weaker her game plan gets. So I think in American Nationals, I think Icelander will be on the decline. I think Icelander's going to do a lot worse in America because she's doing good overseas and That's a hot in take. Canada. It, you think it's a hot take? I think it's I think a hot... It's, well, it's ironically, a, it's an ice target. hero, but I think it's a hot take. <laughs> so you, you talked about the meta, like, as the meta is not solved but narrows, you can target that Icelander deck. I feel like decks like Icelander and Dromai are these, are these toolbox decks, like... Think about all the card choices. When you lay out Icelander, right? All the card choices you have and cards that, you know, specifically do certain things that get cut that are like, ah, Mm -hmm. that's not really good against anybody right now. If you know, like, hey, I'm going to play against these four heroes. I think that deck is so strong because you can tech it for those four heroes. You're super susceptible to the the one-off Azalea player, right? Just coming through and slapping you. Well, maybe is it is a bad example, but Le- the one-off Leviathan player coming through and almost getting a win against you, like you're super susceptible to that. But if you can target these decks, man, I don't know. I think the fewer tools you can have in your toolbox, the better you can be at using them. Yeah, but the problem is when you look at these Viserai decks that are starting to play 26, 27, 30 blues in their deck just to target these Icelanders, these old hymns, sure. those frostbites, those channels don't do much. And you can still push more damage than these Icelanders can. The downside is your worst versus the Bry is your worst versus the Fies because you're attacking against these control decks. Sure. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where these decks settle for America and kind of see how many blues people are willing to run. The blue con gets higher and higher every event, but it's never quite enough. Right. So two it Icelanders. Just... Go ahead. Sorry. 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 Go ahead. I was like, two Icelanders. It makes me happy because I'm a wizard player at heart and I just love to see wizard do well. So <laughs> even though I, so Icelander, it feels like what Kano should have been, right? Like mm. being able to play on your opponent's life, 38 life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying like Kano should have been able to play on your turn every turn, but like you go into this Kano game and you expect to be like, Oh, I'm going to play off the top of my deck all the time. And then you get crushed and you have to like, learn how to play Kano. Icelander is like, I want to play on my opponent's turn. I want to do like incremental value things and try to slow you down and use my wizardy tech. And Icelander does that really well, somewhat oppressively into some matchups, sure. Yeah, so, she, she does really well at that. I agree with that. No, I just, I just, I wish, I wish Kano could play that way. But moving on, we have another two of is Oldham. And you and I, I, I count Icelander in the control winter. Like, mm-hmm. I, when we said the control winter, Icelander counts. So right off the bat, there are half of the top eight is part of the control winter that you and I Mm -hmm. predicted. So which we're getting flamed a lot in the comment section of these podcasts about this control winter take. I just want to mention half of Canada. I know it's cold up there, but Mm -hmm. half of Canada control players. 
Yeah, I mean, Control's really good right now. Old Him is a very, very strong deck. Um, the problem with Old Him is the time limit is still the time limit. You still have to be able to push that damage. So these Old Hims are going to the aggro Old Hims. They're running nine pummels. They're going full aggro, like full of race face, full of commander conquers. They want to hit you, and they want to hit you hard. They look at us and like, Control Winter? No, this is aggro guardian season. They're so, out there just swinging their axes. But even aggro guardian can do what guardians do. It was like Starvo, right? Mm-hmm. Star- Starvo was this ridiculous bonkers 11 dominate discard two cards like WTF do I do with this? However, in a pinch at the close out of those games, Starvo could still guardian. Like mm-hmm. he still like flipped this switch. Oldham can do the same thing, right? Oldham can just include four brothers in arms, four or sorry, three brothers in arms, three oasis respites, a bunch of earth cards, a bunch of ice cards, and and just like flip the switch. Can try to cycle one, take you out of tempo, make you mm-hmm. inefficient, and then cycle two, block out, or vice versa. Can block out, pitch to the bottom, and then try to play for cycle two. So there's so many things these decks can do. They're so versatile, and the consistency. Oh, bro, and the, have you seen a more consistent good thing with deck? The old him. Oh my god, nah, it's, it's tough, because all these decks are playing such, like, silver bullets that they want to play against you. Like, Icelander has her Frost Hexes, Jomai yep. has certain dragons she wants. If you make them block, if you pummel them and they can't play those cards, if they get discarded, you, you can second cycle them so much easier, because guess what? There goes a Frost Hex, now there's only two in the deck. Playing for a second cycle is so much easier when you're playing that aggressive game plan in the first half and going defense in the second half. You can just switch your game plan, and it is it is boring, if I say so myself. Oh, so I sent you... Did I send you the Facebook post, or did I only send that to John? I, I, I screenshotted so. someone's, someone's Facebook post, and it's like, I'm watching... Uh, I think it was UK Nats top mm, eight gameplay, <laughs> and they're like, I just want to say Oldham's like the most boring hero to watch. And... Dude, it's that's how you know it's such a good deck, and these players are so top-notch on it, when the deck does the same thing every time. I casted the Pro Tour, like, the local cast, so I watched it and then cast it on Hometown TCG, and, dude, Starvo games got hard because the, well, the players were so good, the deck mm-hmm. did the same thing every single game without fail. Like, it, that's just what it does on repeat, bro. Oh, it's so hard. I must say, the cool thing about Oldham is he can switch his play style in top eight and out of top eight. Outside of top eight, they have to play this more aggressive game plan due to the clock. Mm-hmm. Once they get in top eight, they can put their feet up and just say, hey, buddy, we're for two, three hours. You can't stop me. Like, we have no <laughs> time limit. We're going to fourth cycle, fifth cycle. Like, they can play that long, grindy, pitch stacky oh. control game that they just can't do with the time limit. So it's a completely different deck inside the top eight, which is hilarious. Bro, it just breaks my heart. It's so hard. It's so difficult to, like, as a caster, shout out to any casters that are going to cast these Oldham games, especially at the U.S. Nats, if there's any of these control mirrors going on. Like, Oldham v. Oldham, as a final, you're trying to be hype, you're ready to go. Oldham v. Oldham can be, it's so analytical, you really have mm-hmm. to embrace that side of the game. So two more Oldhams, mm-hmm. the control winter is half the field, so listen, we don't want to hear about it. We, we're we not saying it's bad. We're not saying that aggro can't win, but half the field is control here. Now, we mm-hmm. do have a dash player. Now, the dash player could be control, could be aggro. We're not quite sure yet because this podcast is being recorded before deck lists are out. But if this is a control deck, all in on control winter and all in on you being right on the control dash take. 
Yeah, I, I think control mid-range dash is where you want to be against these old hymns. But if old hymns starts going more aggressive with all these pummels and with all these two blocks, because pummel's a two block, you got a raise face, that's a two block. The more two blocks that these decks play, the better that you can just push damage, just boost, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. And you just get more value. So it's funny that like, as old him goes, I don't want to control anymore. Dash is like, that's fine. We can race. Like, it's such an interesting concept. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it, it pivots very, very well. It's very versatile. And Dash is another one of those decks where when the meta is super solved and you have to build Dash one way, she's not as effective. However, when you can play that middle-of-the-road style where you can kind of flip-flop and ride that line, you're in a pretty cool spot. So shout-out to you for calling the dash. There is one five, so you agromaniacs that are yelling at us in the comment section of any platform that we're on, there is a five here in the Canada Nationals. Only one here, and we're going to talk about the difference in top eight region as we break down UK. But seeing the five here, do you think the five, like, sits down, sees this field and is happy or is like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> so it's weird. Cause I think Fi is a really good aggro deck into other aggro decks. Cause she mm -hmm. can go so wide force these blocks. You can go Kadachi, any attack, any attack, Kadachi, like just like push up your attacks every other cycle to make them have to block. Are you threatening your mask trigger more than once a turn? Right. Granted it only draws a card once, but you can threaten it over and over and over again with these go to Y strategies. But go wide is also strangely good against old him because they can only block with so many uh, Chrono Seeds triggers with their uh, shieldy boy. I forgot the name of was it. Ram Rampart of the Ram's Head. Yes. So with Rampart and Seeds, that's two block. Okay. Now you only have five cards left. You have to commit those cards to each attack. So if you go Kadachi for one, Kadachi for one, something, something, Phoenix Flame, anything else, that's so many cards. You're almost guaranteed to leak damage, and if they yep. don't arsenal a card, you're leaking more damage in the next turn. I think so, I think that's the play too. You just mm -hmm. I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's like you have this turn where you push and you force the oldem off of an arsenal, and then mm -hmm. you have an arsenal yourself. You go into five card hand against four card hand, and there you start the snowball. Now these okay. five decks are. When when Phi was released, the first five decks we were seeing at these high level events were very redlined, man. There were, I mean, blues were few and far between. You talked about the including or the higher number of blues. Blues were few and far between. And these decks were like, I can do a 37 damage turn. Now mm -hmm. you're looking at five decks that are sitting there going, ah, you know, I can do a 29 damage turn. I can do a 28 damage turn, but I'm far more consistent. And it brings us back to that concept of consistency. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's a deck that we should be seeing that we're not? based on that based on the fact that consistency is key right now the most consistent deck in my opinion i mean i think we see i think old him is very consistent i think sure. aggro dash is very consistent because all our cards have go again sure um most of the decks we are seeing are the most consistent I'm trying to think off the top of my head what another consistent oh except our final include in the top eight reinar times two in the top eight, we've talked about all these consistent decks and all these toolbox decks. And now you have Reinar that plays well into these decks that want to keep cards in their hand, that want to wait for you to act to act. The Intimidate mechanic shining bright in this meta. This is the least consistent deck, in my opinion, in this field, but probably the most exciting. This is an example mm -hmm. of attacking the meta. 
100%. I think Reinhardt is always a hero that like kind of spoke to me. I love these brute cards. I just never thought they were good enough. So They're seeing not. these players bring these brutes, just saying, I'm going to smash you with big trees. I'm going to go, like, the fact what I said earlier with um, Oldham being aggressive, if you can get their key cards out of their hand by forcing them to block with it, Reinhardt does this so well. Intimidate, yep. intimidate. You have two cards left. If you're threatening 14 or 6, if you block with two cards, uh, because of the card uh, that gets Barrage and Beatdown? Yes, Barrage and Beatdown. Barrage and Beatdown intimidates. And then if you intimidate one more time, guess what? They're either blocking with two cards or they're taking a ton of damage. Mm -hmm. If those two cards are your two blues, if they're your two important pieces of that hand, you just lost tempo. You're leaking damage. Reinhardt is doing everything it wants to do in that matchup, in every matchup. Besides puts, the aggro decks. Right. And it puts these cards mm -hmm. that want to kind of react to them with, you know, they want to react to you with full information. Think things like Oasis Respite, things like Brothers in Arms, right? Especially from the Oldham side. From the Icelander side, if we're looking to fuse something, we're looking to fuse mm -hmm. something out of Arsenal, or if we're looking to have a blue to play something and pay for a waning moon, right? To create a frostbite. We want to see as much as we can before we make that move. And Reinar says, well, I'm going to put you to task because if you have one important tool in that hand and I trigger my intimidate mechanic, I could peel that tool away. So now mm -hmm. you have to make a decision. And someone made this point and I, I wish I could give this credit where it's due. I, someone had the quote and I heard it on some other content creator. You want to be the one in flesh and blood asking the question. Right, that, that was me. That, that was, was you. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah you don't like two podcasts ago. Yeah, yes, yeah. that was that was a great point <laughs> by you. You don't want to be the one answering the question. You and these Reinar players are taking these decks that have built themselves that say, "Hey, we're only going to ask the question. We're going to be like, is there anything else? Is there anything else before we act?" Reinar said, "Well, no. You don't. You don't get to have all the information. Am I bluffing you? Am I not bluffing you? Am I going to triple intimidate you? Is this one intimidate? You don't know, but you have to act." now so this deck is super cool i'm really interested in this deck uh i think if the field goes away from these decks that definitely want to you know they're more reactive they're these slower decks and you'll see a fall off on reinar but to wrap up top eight again shout out to Tariq patel for winning he's the two-time champ now he won here in the usa and in canada people are saying he gets a continent bonus if he goes and wins in mexico that would be <laughs> you know, he gets a, the North American content continent bonus. Uh, oh, he gets a content bonus great. too. Why I mean, not? Let's give. Yeah. Why winning Canada is like half a nationals, right? Like America is like a full one. Canada is like you get half a point. So he's like one point five wins. I would say. You know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Moving on to the UK nationals. We got a breakdown from UK Nats. The top eight is three Fi, three Oldham, one Dromai, and one Viserai with a Fi coming out on. Top. Mm -hmm. First things first, regional metas, dude. Regional metas are a thing in this game. They mm -hmm. always have been, but we never talk about it. This, this matters. Yeah, it 100%. I expect, for example, America to be super aggro heavy because Americans have shown they like their aggro decks. They want to bring aggro. They want to play aggro. You don't disagree? No, dude. I'm. We oh, like to okay, hit okay. things. Okay, got it. Got it. I was like, am I, am I confused? Because like, if you no. look at American metas like overall... I'd say we have some of the most aggressive players, and the meme always was, go play in America, they don't know how to block, because Americans just want to throw their cards and push damage, and they never block. And it's true. Like, watching these other metas, like, oh yeah, they block. They actually know what they're doing. Americans, like, 
Briar, Briar, attack, attack. And it's great. It is. First of all, you just said these other meadows, the players know what they're doing. I would like to point out that the <laughs> players in America absolutely know what they're doing. I am sponsoring uh, several members from a team going, so they better know what they're doing. I'm sorry. No. I mean, if you're sponsoring, I'm sorry. That's, that's a bad decision. God, I, uh, wish, I wish I could undo that. Trust me, now that you said that, you may or may not be one of them. So now I just I'm want to take blocking. it back. For the record, I'm not going to block it all during nationals i am just gonna throw my cards and look at them and be like are you dead yet are you dead yet no you want to die now 35 letter 30 life kano and not block <laughs> okay look, look, right. i'm playing kano at nationals just uh <laughs> jeez what are you doing all right anyway so we do have the three phi here so it's interesting mm -hmm. to see those and if i'm the phi in this field i'm far happier when i look at this this top eight breakdown than if I were the one Fi sitting in Canada, right? 100%. I'm so much yep. happier. You prey on Dromai so hard. And I would assume Viserai is a pretty good matchup too because you force these on hits over and over again. You do force on hits over and over again. The, un the untalked about thing about Runeblade is on key turns, they sit behind so much armor. Like, mm -hmm. they can pull off an important block. So if they're able to keep the game close and save that for late, the advantage they can have over Fi is not only the split damage, right? But it's the ability to keep more cards by forcing this weird, inconvenient, high armor value block, right? Warrior does it mm -hmm. well as too, well. as well. If Warrior's able to keep that game close, get into the late game, and then just all armor block and turn the tide with a four or five card hand, it gets crazy. So, Fi here, definitely happy. Dromai, one of, shout out Dromai, probably my favorite hero to play, since I'm not allowed to play Briar the way I like to play Briar. Dromai comes off very much as, like, a thinking hero. There's there's not, mm -hmm. there's so many things you can do at so many different times. I enjoy that hero, so shout out to the Dromai. And then, if the Dromai, okay, let's, let's, let's placate ourselves really quick. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. The Dromai was playing Control, and there's three of them. So that means half this is control as well. Let's go. You know what's funny? The Viserai could actually be control. There's this control Viserai list going on that just wants to build up a rune chance and slow the game down. So it could be it could be five control decks. Just saying. Like un just saying. What is it? It's uh Blood Sheath is banned, right? Skeletta? Yeah, you you still have ways to just like let's just block efficiently and make rune chance. Let's just unban Skeletta. Like no, let's please just no. Bring Please back, no. bring back OTK Viserai. Just bring like, back. I, OTK I love Viserai. that deck, but God, playing that deck was so miserable. When you just draw the bad hands, or you're just not a twenty just whiffs. Like there's so many feels bads in that deck. But like, listen, listen. That's part of it. That's part of it. You're playing combo, and sometimes the combo you can't pull it off. Sometimes you can pull the combo off. Like I felt like it was a cool combo deck. It was. A it was neat, very no, cool. No other deck played like it. Uh, hashtag unbanned Skeletta. Uh, so we're going to say that there's four aggro decks in here. I'm just, I'm taking credit for like, we're just going to say that and we'll see if we're That's right. Fair. I don't care about that. 100%. <laughs> Good. Cause you're on my team. So you better be. <laughs> and one Viserai, the thing that Viserai has here that I like Viserai as a pick. And I talked about Viserai as a pick going into kind of this season after the bannings of Prism and everything. It's Viserai does offer as an aggro deck that split damage that is inconvenient for your guardian players to try to block, right? You offer this different play style where you take a deck that 
you know, generally blocks extremely efficiently, and you try to chip away at that concept. Do you think we're going to see more Viscerai? I'm surprised to only see one in the two top eights. So I think Viscerai is in a unique spot right now uh, because I think it does struggle more against aggro decks than the other aggro decks do. Like, it's just the worst aggro deck. But it's this good mid-rangey deck that it can play really well with two-card hands by, like, right. blocking with two cards, playing a Mavrin Skies into any attack. Like, now, like, you have an odd hit that if they take the damage next turn, you get four rune chance and you're sad. If, you know, if you block the aggro player, you're sad. So it's really good at that. And then against these control decks, you just go a million rune chance in a turn, attack you with Rosetta for one, 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 two, and two. And it's just so effective at that. So I... I would not be surprised to see more Viserize for the main fact that they can play those 30 blues and still be a decently good aggro deck. They right. They can beat Icelander. They can play through Channel Lake Fridges. They can do everything they need to do. Right. And Icelander's a, a bit of an inconvenient matchup for Runeblades because of that uh, Alluvian Castellus. I, I never know how to pronounce that chess piece. I, Just call I, it PJs. That's what I do. Just PJs. Okay. PJs? The Wizard PJs? Mm-hmm. Wizard right. PJs, yeah. Yeah, the Wizard PJs really play well. Oops, excuse me, into your rune blades. Like they play extremely well there. It's so good. So, so, so good. That's the breakdown of the top eight. I think there's some notable exclusions here that I want to get into in this podcast. Notably, not a single briar across either top eight. Why are you fist Why are you fist She's dead. Let's go. You're you're literally cheering so loud, your audio is cutting out. Why do you hate Briar so much, man? I I just when Briar was the best deck at nationals, I knew it, but I played Dash because I think her playstyle is just boring to me. I don't like Runeblades that much, but outside of Chain, and she just had a very stale, in my opinion, game plan. And I've just never liked how she's played, so I've always been against Briar. Like, listen, I hate it on Prism. Now let me hate on Briar. Okay, let me. Let me hate on somebody else now. It's just what that's, I do. That's you're so cold. I love Briar. So I I'm surprised to see Briar gone. We had so many comments last week about, hey, I don't understand why you're still so Briar's still one of the best decks. It's out there. And we were like, uh, oh, we think maybe it's just a little hangover. Well, it looks like the field has concurred that, you know, we're we're not really feeling the Briar. Maybe shelf Briar. Briar sticks around for a little while longer. It was interesting. I thought that was a notable exclusion uh, to both of these lists. Something that I miss seeing on these top eights, and it's not a notable exclusion because I no way I expected it to be there, was something like a Katsu and an OG mm. Bravo. I thought we might see some OG Bravo, star of the show, but or sorry, Bravo Showstopper, not star of the show. I, I get the two confused. But I miss seeing Katsu, man. I have nightmares against Katsu because one of the local Chicago players, I made four top fours in a row during the ProQuest season, and three of them were lost to a Katsu main. Well, the other one I won. So Katsu just, it hits hard here. It hits which, hard. I don't which, like one, which one was it? Shout them out. Because there's two of when them. I, when I, uh, wait, was it, two of was them. it Derek? Yeah, it was Derek. Yeah, It was Derek? Yeah. Dude, Derek's yeah. coaching on this channel was awesome. Derek's an awesome Derek is dude. such a good player. And he's such like a I good player. I won the first pro quest, go to the next one. And then I got second. I lose to Derek. The, the next one, I get like top four. The next one, I get top four again. I'm like, Derek, I need another tunic. Like, stop it. I need two tunics. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just miss seeing Katsu because, again, that's another one of those decks like Dash that there's so many ways you can build it. The mm-hmm. problem with Katsu is, oh, you just can't play it against Oldham. 
Like you mm-hmm. cannot yeah. play Katsu against a good, competent olden player. You, it's such an uphill battle. It's insane. You you will run yeah. out of cards before you bring him below twenty. Mm-hmm. Like it just feels like sometimes. Yeah, if I can go wide enough, Katsu does not get those free Phoenix Flames. They don't get those free chip damage cards. It just does not work as well. That's exactly it. And, you know, Earth React is so good against things like Kadachi. And it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's, and it's almost bullying. Like, it's not it's, okay. That Earth against Kadachi, against things like Ancestral Empowerment, you know, on the, these hit effects, mm-hmm. it, do, it does feel like bullying. Like, and Katsu's got so many one offs and one shots. You just, you can't do it forever. And you're never going to Lord mm-hmm. of Wind. Like, that's just not happening. Let people are like, oh, you can play the long game. You just Lord of Wind. You're not hitting a Lord of Wind combo. Like, that's. No, you're just getting pummeled if you take a turn off. Like, it doesn't work that way. Especially without uh, Plunder Run in the meta. You're not going to Lord of Wind. You're just, you're just, and through a frostbite, like these things aren't happening. Do we Sorry. unban Plunder Run yet? Like I missed that card. I really do. I, I so I was all for unbanning Plunder Run, but with Fi in the meta right now, I don't know if anybody abuses that card better than Fi because Fi's like, fair. hey, plus three on your first thing. Also, the next thing to hit this turn, those chip damage cards. The next thing to hit mm-hmm. draws you a card, like. Oh. I wasn't even thinking about fire to be honest. I was just thinking of the good old chain days where like you could take the turn off to Arsenal and just have a great time. Bring back <laughs> old fab, man. Bring back old fab. Dude, you could you could block you could actually like block and then like mm-hmm. Arsenal something. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I it was... maybe not here in America. We might not have done that here in America, but you could do it. It was an option. So that's the UK Nats breakdown, mm-hmm. and that's kind of some notable exclusions. I guess I should ask you, do you have any any heroes that you really expected to see that you didn't? Um, I expected Akano honestly to have a better run. Uh, I'm in a, such no, I, a homer. I, such I'm a in a homer. Discord with with a bunch of good Kano oh, players, all no, talking about it, all sharing sure. a deck list, and I know a few of them had a really good deck list going into these events, and I really thought they were gonna take it down. But and this just, goes to sh- this just goes to show you, no, you're not. Like, I'm just saying, Kano's like, going to win U.S. Nationals if you like it or not. We have some of the best, if not the best, Kano players in the world going to this event. Are you talking about yourself? I was actually talking about Matthew Vore. Oh, okay. Let's <laughs> say, are you just like, are you just referring to yourself as one of the best Kano players? I can take it in Blitz and CC. I cannot take that. No, that's because no. you and me only have so much attention span. Blitz is perfect for us. Because we can only pay attention for so long. After that, we're like, ah, we're bored. Nah, you have more than 20 life? I don't care. I got I, below 20. I won. I'm done. Yeah, I win. I already win. Scoop. Oh. Go next. Okay. So now, you know, that's kind of the breakdown of UK Nats. But there was kind of a big debacle leading up to UK mm-hmm. Nats. And I'm going to warn you. If you only come to this podcast for positivity, if you only like us talking about the good things, skip ahead to the Mo Money, Mo, Mo Problems section. It will be in the future in a couple minutes but there was some stuff with uk nets that frankly i found completely unacceptable mm-hmm. and it and was a joke it, I, it it made me so mad and i think what really ticked me off is that it's something i've been advocating for for a year now it feels like and I praise it every time it goes well, and every time it doesn't, it just it just makes me mad because it does it shouldn't happen. And mm-hmm. do you want to break down for us what happened while I open this because I'm going to need it? Oh, wow, we're drinking now. Uh, so basically, uh, about a week ago, a 
the game store that is hosting nationals tweeted a picture and it was a picture of text. Uh, it was about three paragraphs long, but basically to sum it up, it said, we are deeply saddened by the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. We thank her for her years of education and her service in the United Kingdom. Uh, then it goes on saying, we've been in discussion with legendary studios regarding the UK and Flesh and Blood National Championship that Dude. is scheduled to take place this weekend. Seven days in the future, Nationals is supposed to happen. We are canceling that and moving it two weeks in the future. If you bought tickets, if you have hotels, you're within the four days to get refunds. You don't get refunds. That's not a problem. Just come back in two weeks. I don't care if you took vacation. I don't care if you have the day off. I don't care if you have a family. Come back in two weeks. We don't care about you. So they did this. And, and everyone was upset, rightfully so. And then, like two days before the event, only people signed up for the event got an email that said, LOL, JK, smiley face, the event is back on. You canceled your hotels. You canceled your airfares. You told your family you're going to be home. You told your work you can work. LOL and JK, we're back on. Two or three days before the event happened, no post by Flesh and Blood official Twitter account at this time when this was going on. Only by this game store on Twitter and emails. It was a joke. It was super upsetting. I even so tweeted, what is going on with UK Nationals? And the only response I got was, it's something. Because nobody knew. Because everybody was confused. It was so upsetting. So it became a meme in our group chat. Let me just start with this, that I was asking you, hey, do you know what's going on with UK Nats? And you would respond with an emoji, uh, like once a day. It was just like, mm -hmm. I have no, because we want to talk. We want to talk about it. We love mm -hmm. Flesh of Blood. We literally sit down for a little over an hour every week and talk to each other and to you guys about Fab. So we want to know what is going on. We're fans. I think it's safe to say. But I want to start with the fact that this is not a commentary on whether or not the event should have been canceled. There's a lot going on with the whole concept of a monarchy and, and the involvement of the citizens in that political system that frankly, we're not equipped to understand. And we are aware of that. So we are not commenting on whether the event should have been canceled, whether it should not have been canceled. We we don't know. And we will openly admit, we, we've said on this podcast, we're dumb, gigantic, brutish Americans. We don't understand that. Where I take issue is seven days out. So seven days from the, the kickoff of the event, I think slightly less. I, th I think it was yeah, closer it was to like five. I think it was closer to like six or five, but let's let's mm -hmm. even call it seven. There was a decision made to cancel this event. And the announcement of that decision did not come from LSS, which I believe it should have. There that doesn't mean that Dark Sphere Games shouldn't put that out that doesn't mean they shouldn't have to you know have their own pr side of this or handle it but lss needs to be the one giving us this information and i don't understand if there were conversations about that decision why it didn't happen why mm -hmm. lss was not the one to let us know communication on major things like this has lapsed and been so poor at times that I frankly don't understand it. And it infuriates me. You could just tweet out exactly what they tweeted. Now, there's mm -hmm. an exception here, and I don't see this being the case. If Darksphere Games and LSS were having a talk and then Darksphere was like, hey, we're canceling the event, put this tweet out, and LSS was like, wait, WTF. Like, mm -hmm. we no, did not it, sign it up is... for this at all. 
And there's no way that Darksphere Games can make that decision. They, like, this has to be a joint effort between the two of them. And if you're going to make this effort, I think the only right thing to do is make the announcement, like, the day after this big event happened and give people two weeks' notice, or you can't do it. We need time as people to get refunds, to do anything with your life. So, before we even get into that, it's not even a bad idea when you and Darksphere initiate conversations. We're past the point of Twitter being a constant meme, right? Mm -hmm. Like, LSS constantly reaches out to us on Twitter with important and great information. And I have been, I advocated a little, you know, probably six months ago, that they needed to step their Twitter game up. And they have. They've they've doubled their Twitter game. They've tripled their Twitter game. It's been great. But when that conversation is initiated with Dark Sphere Games, there is no reason that they can't say, hey, FYI to the community, mm-hmm. we've entered conversations about the viability of having this event after such a national tra- tragedy. Know mm-hmm. that it's up in the air. We will have a decision for you on monday right yes. and set it so that the co- the community can start to prepare and yes mm-hmm. will that hurt player turnout probably because someone maybe just goes and cancels their trip right mm-hmm. then and there right cancel their accommodations because they know they can get the refund the problem mm-hmm. is if you don't do that and you cancel this event you have put people out money time effort time spent with their loved ones like this is so unacceptable, it's not even funny. And that's before we get to the fact that the next communication we hear about this is an email that went to registered players a couple days before the event kicked off saying, psych, we're back mm-hmm. on. That is the straw that breaks the camel's back, in my mind. Yeah, it was painful to just watch and see friends of mine that i only know through twitter or at these events like people i would call my friends having this struggle of like okay i canceled my stuff now i need to rebook it at double the price i didn't even get a refund when i canceled it or you know you got half the money because you thought it was over and half is better than nothing and now to say it's back on is painful the one good thing i will say that fab did because i want to point out their goods is on the 16th they did apologize they they did put on an article they did say, hey, you know, we are sorry for what happened. For absolute clarity, it is taking place when we were supposed to. We understand that some players are significantly impacted by the announcements, includes players with significant financial costs, and we're sorry. And they said, if you had a financial loss or unable to attend, we want to help you out. Please email us. And they gave an email address. So at least they admit, they, they took initiative so- and they admitted, which is good. I am proud of them for that. So that's great. And I have mm-hmm. ad- since the I think one of my my hottest takes on this channel was the uh Duskblade article that was just titled We Made a Mistake or the header of that article mm-hmm. was We Made a Mistake. And I was one of the few, few people that stood on a soapbox and applauded LSS and Fab for that mm-hmm. because I understand. Listen, mistakes are going to happen. And when you stand up and say, "Hey, Listen, this is a mistake. My bad. It needs to get better. I am I am all in. And the fact that Fab is helping out, that's great news. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all for that. The problem is it's been so many lapses in communication at this point that it needs to stop being sorry we made a mistake and sorry this is how we're improving our communication mm-hmm. to our community. Because the less impacted, right? We've talked about the players. The less impacted are fans of Flesh and Blood. 
Maybe you have UK fans that are dying to tune into the event and they don't find out that the event is on until LSS posts that article about the stream. The last they heard, the event was off. They're not registered mm -hmm. players. They didn't get an email. It, it just, it's, it's, it's completely unnecessary. And it's a very fixable lapse in communication. And I'm more irritated because last week we talked about, hey, why are you not just posting when an event kicks off? This is the field. Mm -hmm. This is the top eight. This is your winner. A tweet. Yes. For a post to your Facebook page, whatever your voice of choice is, mm -hmm. there's no reason you can't be doing that. This mm -hmm. is a million times worse because it's cost your players time, effort, and money. Mm -hmm. and, and you 100%. have a ravenous, you have a ravenous dedicated player base. Like people still went to this. Imagine mm -hmm. people love this game so much that even after this debacle, they still went to this event. You won't always have that. If you keep Correct. down this road, you will not maintain that player. You will tick off too many people. We we need to get this fixed. I Again, I, I told you I was going to be a menace at this part of the podcast. It's just no. all it takes is typing up a message and hitting post. Like I keep leaning into Twitter, but if you want to use whatever else, however you can just get make your, an article. Even if, if you just make an article, the community will leak it for you. Like, they'll get mm -hmm. it out there for you. I, I think it's more important that for sudden announcements, you do it on some kind of social where pe people can subscribe to notifications, right? But even mm -hmm. if it's just an article and then you tweet the article, totally valid. Like, yeah. This is fine. Get that out there. I, they, they dropped the ball on this one. And I, I, I do think they realized they messed up and they messed up bad. Uh, and I... I just wish that original announcement of saying, hey, it is canceled, was on their official website, their official Twitter account, their official None anything. None of Because it. if I didn't have friends in the flesh and blood sphere on Twitter, I only found out because I saw someone else tweet it and be like, WTF, I just spent 1,000 euro pounds, I don't, whatever it is, on this event. It's not refundable. And like, I just feel bad because someone else was like, I'm flying in from Spain. Like, just come play Flesh and Blood because I love the game. And now I have a plane ticket to London, and I'm not even invited to the event, so no one told me besides this post. We're, and it's like, just, it hurts to see fans that I consider my friends get hurt by this. Like, listen, we both know extremely dedicated fans of Flesh and Blood, extremely high-level players. I'm, I'm talking players with chances to win the upcoming Nationals event that don't have Twitter. And mm -hmm. if they weren't on a team or in a tight-knit community or on Twitter, they wouldn't have known about this. There's no way to find out about this. Mm -mm. Like, it's it's just unacceptable. And the part that I, I keep coming back to is it's easily fixable. It, it is it is hard, hard to solve problems. The Starvo problem that requires delicate bannings when you take time on that, I am empathetic i'm sympathetic it takes time to fix print runs and stuff that takes time to fix time to figure out this is you, you could snap your fingers and mm -hmm. fix this problem and we would be done so i i i need to see this this being done this is the last time we're going to do the lapse in communication this is the last time lss is going to make major decisions about an event that they promote their national circuit as being a top tier like we're all about op we're all about competitive play this is our national circuit mm -hmm. this is the last time they're going to interact with what they claim and what they tell us is the most important aspect of this game without proper communication like i, I, I that's what i need to see i'm that's I agree. I if this happened, the U.S. Nationals, if I found out, let's just say today, right? Because the event's about five days away at this point. Yeah. If if they posted the day saying U.S. is canceled, and then let's just say three days from now they say it's back on, I'm not going. There's no way, like, 
You I'm can't canceling be- my hotel right now. I'm canceling my my airfare. I'm calling my work and saying, "Hey, I requested the day off. Put me on the schedule." Like you can't mess with people's lives this short notice because guess what? We love the game. We want to play at the highest level. Even the highest level caliber players have a life outside of your game. And know your player base. That. Know mm-hmm. your player base is people with lives and jo- like mm-hmm. we're all at the point in our life where we're if we're not there already, we're trying to get there. You know, whether it's school, whether it's your job, whether it's you know a standard job, whether it's a career, whether it's a family, it could be a kid. For me, in the next 16, 15 days, it's going to be a kid. Exactly. Right? We're making sacrifices for your company. Just treat us with some kind of respect. That's all just, I want. Just like, communicate to us. And then in your scenario, where it came, where they tweeted that it. it comes from their page i i was left wondering like is this real i think i sent it to you and you were like question marking me like what are you talking about i was like Like, i was like is this a meme like what do you mean this isn't and it wasn't from lss so how am i supposed to know mm -hmm. like it's just a game store saying that you only know about if you're from there and they just claim to be talking to lss for all we know Mm -hmm. are they talking about we don't we don't know that right and this is not a shot at that game store they i think the game store did a great job with what they were giving i think they did amazing they did a round of applause their stream was really good they hosted a great event when i've seen online no complaints like props to them min max does better but sure they're fine No, they. You're right, and and they don't deserve to be caught in any of this crossfire. They mm. they did what they could, and for the record, I said MinMax does better because I handle the coverage at MinMax. So oh, it's true, it is kind of bad coverage. Like I must say, like the MinMax coverage is just it's uh, top notch. Anyway, yeah. So no potatoes. Like oh, it's rough. That's it is literally tough. face cams too, which people don't do, and interviews after games and stuff like that. I don't oh. understand why more people don't do that, but. Anyway, that that's kind of my take. I had to get that off my chest. It needs to be fixed. Um, I have a football game starting here soon, so let's kind of wrap mm-hmm. this pod up. I want to talk really quickly about our new segment, Mo Money More Problems, where we talk about something upcoming in Flesh and Blood and say if it's going to bring in Mo Money or cause Mo Problems. We are talking about the Emperor Marvel and the print run. Of one in was it ten thousand packs of the Emperor one Marvel? Something. It's, it's a one mistake. One in a oh oh okay. You you're hot already. So Mo, let's start so with you. This. Let's let's start with you. Is this Mo money or Mo problems? This is just Mo problems. Not even for my wallet. Just for the game in general. Like if we're playing this game, saying one in a thousand or one in ten thousand, whatever it is, is a mistake. We don't need these super collectible, oh my god, look at me, I opened this rare card. It is just preying on the people that have gambling issues, preying on the people that can't control their own money. And I don't think that's good for a company to do, being like, hey, look, if you buy 10,000 of these, you get one shiny card. It's not good to prey on your audience like that. It is unhealthy. You're taking advantage of people. I think it's a mistake. And I'm honestly disgusted by it. I really am. I, I hate it. I I just oh, really really okay. don't like I, it. Like I, I, nothing to say. Like it's just disgusting. It feels so, like the CS:GO days back when it was like like I love CS:GO cases. I love spinning the wheel to get a random skin. That is preying on people's gambling issues. And we're all thirty plus year old that have money. I guess what a lot of us probably do have gambling issues if we're playing cards. We do not need that in our game. Like it makes us look like a bad game. It makes us look like. A chase game. It makes us look like a collect. Like I just, oh, I I can't stand it. It makes us look like Genshin Impact. We need to spend ten thousand dollars to get one shiny character. Like it is Dude, gross. You pulled it's the disgusting. Genshin Impact card out. It, Let's I go. Did. 
I, it is what? disgusting. Like I am honestly upset about this, and this turns me off of the game in a bad way. Like, bro, I, if, if they go down this road, I really don't like it. Like, I'm so, serious. So let me. Normally on the pod, often we play devil's advocate for each other mm-hmm. to have a great conversation. I couldn't disagree with you more. I could not disagree with you more. And here's why. I have stated since the start of this channel that trading card games succeed based on a beautiful player and collector relationship. I think you need both in your game. You need playability and collectability to succeed in the long run. Now, is this the only way you can handle collectability? Absolutely not. There are multiple ways you can handle collectability, but... Looking at its surface, it's a severely chased card that is not required to play. I actually think it's not that good of a card. It's not required to play. And there's a extremely affordable version on the market. You'll be able to open a non-Marvel version of one of these in the pack, I believe. So with that being said, we have the opportunity to give people the chance to crack 10 boxes, 50 boxes, 100 boxes of flesh and blood chasing after something if they so choose. And they get to do that without saying, I have to go online and buy this card to to play the game. Now, when we talk about the way they went about it, one in 10,000s, I think someone did the math. Was it like 200 in existence or something? It was... It was it was dumb, something it was something it shockingly low when someone broke down the math based on an assumed print run. It was shockingly low, the number in existence. This seems like a Hail Mary. What have we lost over the last year in our favorite game? We've lost people collecting the game, and we've lost people investing in the game, buying boxes for the long run, putting it on their shelves, opening it up three years from now, chasing certain cards, right? We've lost that in Fab. Fab, looking back, is is not growing in value because our investors and our collectors for the majority... I mean, there's still a big whale, a couple whales involved, sure, but most people have... Most of your average people have, like, backed out of that portion of Fab. This is the Hail Mary, in my opinion, that this is what we're trying to do to pull people back into that world, right? We want to say, hey, this is an option with our card game. This is an option with our community. And Fab's slogan, when it was dropped, was playing and investing in great card games. Now, Fab 2.0, they dropped the and investing, and they didn't say anything about it in the article. They just said their slogan and dropped the second half of it. And I, I messaged Rudy on Alpha Investments. I was like, Hey, am I crazy or did they drop this? He's like, yep, they, they've dropped it. It seems like, hey, they're, they're taking a shot at that. They know that the player collector spectrum, you have to p- appease both sides of this in this relationship is important. And they're trying to bring those people back in. I think this is a healthy way to do it. I think it's an unhealthy way. I think it just preys on, it preys on issues that people might have. And I don't like it. I, I really, it disgusts me, honestly. I, I don't know if it preys on issues that people, so I don't know if I agree with that. But let's talk about, let's let's put that aside and let's talk Marvels really quick. So I thought Marvels were a great way to add value to a product, right? And to make people want to collect something. Mm-hmm. Collecting all the Marvels out of, out of Uprising. I thought that was amazing. But do you know what I noticed? It seems like 
there's only a certain amount of value. People are willing to val evaluate fab sets and put this value on them. And then they'll split up that value based on these cards. And it seems like all that happened is all the value went to the Marvels. And like, if you look at your Majestics, there's not really any Majestics in the set that are worth anything in Uprising, right? They're, they're very low value. So I wonder if that's going to have a pull for the rest of the set. It's going to pull value away from a lot of the normal stuff, or it might just be too rare. It's too rare. Like, I I think Marvels was the sweet point where like you get two Marvels per case on average. Yeah. And that's good. Your average, you know, card player can go to a draft, open one. They can open a box, open one. You know, like the average player is getting the uh, serotonin, is it? Whatever, like the little brain happy juices. You know, like as long as your brain is getting the happy juice, you're happy, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't think like there'll be 200 people that are like, oh my God, happy juice. And everyone else is just like, Wow, I just spent 10k on 100 boxes and got nothing. Like I, that's just no. a feels bad. But like I, like I, li like listen, listen, listen. If you make that call, if you spend 10k on boxes and don't open one that's kind of on you, but also while you're opening the box. It's the same thing with Dominary United right now, the magic set. While you're opening these boxes, you have a chance to open a $4,000 tabernacle. You won't. Uh, let me let, let me be very clear to everyone. You won't open one. But that rush while you're opening the packs is there that that excitement that joy even when you don't get one you feel some type of way so it's really interesting i don't know we split on this i think it's mo money you think it's mo problems that makes us mo money mo problems but i have an american football game i have to go catch so let's get to the closing crazy comment section where we get a chance to respond to you guys in the comment section about things that you said to us if you want a chance to be featured on next week's show make sure you leave a comment regarding today's topics the episode or anything you want to say to mo or i and have a chance at getting your comment called out mo what do you got for me dude i got a comment from adatano Adatano, i believe his name okay and it says Fab to Brazil! We are ready! It makes me so happy to see people from other countries, other continents, excited to play our game, excited to join us on this journey of flesh and blood. And just, there's so much excitement in that comment, and I just, I feel like I can relate to him, you know, like, a card game's coming to your hometown, and you're like, let's go, dude, like, I can finally enjoy it, so... dude. That's no. We were we were very critical this episode about some of the communication stuff. The language packs, like seeing people psyched. There's like random YouTube channels popping up in my feed where it's like I'm opening my first flesh and blood box and it's like in a foreign language that I can't. I have no idea what's being talked mm -hmm. about, but I'm like, this is just cool. Like to see the game I, in other people's hands. They're knocking that out of the park. It's very that's, cool. That's one way I think you can add collectability to like flesh and blood. These other language sets, like in Magic, I always collected Russian no. cards. I thought it no. was sick. Foil no. Russian is amazing. No, so let's get some foil other language. Insert those into the packs. You can open a foil Spanish card. No, when you in... are you're wrong. The the oh. language packs are there to grow the game in those oh. communities, not for your American behind to collect. Oh my god! No. Oh god! You're oh, so, you're so, so wrong. You're so, so wrong about collectability. It hurts oh. sometimes. I gotta oh, be honest. With you. You're just oh. you're you're so you're so good at fab mm. and so. Bad at economics. Oh, it hurts. Bad economics? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it. It's a broad topic. Just take it. Just deal wow, with it. Anyway. Wow, that, that hurts. That hurts my soul. You know? Good, good. good. Uh, if you want to leave a comment episode. before Josh reads his comment on next week's video, just say go pack go. And that's all I care about. <laughs> oh, what do you, I know that I'm, what, that doesn't, that's not an insult. When your football team is crappy, you know they're going to lose. My comment is, is, 
is more about the person than about the comment. There's been a longtime patron of Hometown TCG, friend of the channel, friend of me personally, that left a comment this week that I want to shout out. It is Jim Williams who says, Mo Money is beautiful. First of all, not only is he willing to support the channel, support me, support the community for almost a year and a half now, but he is willing to lie in the comment section to boost the algorithm. So shout out Jim Williams. You rock. Mo, this has been a blast. Sorry I got spicy this week, but thanks for hanging out, dude. Yeah, thanks. It was always fun. I'm always here to chat about Fab. Besides next week. Well, Wait, next week... Coming back. There may be Mo, there may be a special guest because U.S. Nationals in the next week. We will break that down and tune in next week to see who's sitting in that chair. Maybe you finally get replaced. This chair. Get out of here, dude. My house in this chair <laughs> with a made bat. It's going to be sick. Just, you guys fly. can't even wait for it. Fly you to Colorado and hang out. Anyway, thank you for hanging out. Remember to like, comment, share, subscribe. Visit, visit channel sponsor minmaxgamesfab.com. Use promo code HTTCG to get 5% off your singles order of $50 or more. And True Classic Tees just sponsor us already. Dudes, what's going on? Until next time, you guys know me. My name is Josh. I'm Mark. And we will see you around. You Wow, Mark. Ooh, so professional. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>